Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Bankroll Burners Poker Podcast. I'm Mike, and I'm here with my co-host, Josh. Welcome again. And uh, we're here to talk about some more hands and just continue to demonstrate our prowess at losing chips. Um, so why don't we just uh, why don't we just jump right into it, Josh? I understand you're you're going to go first this time. So I, I I heard you were at Encore this week. That's right, and this is Encore Boston Harbor, the premier poker room of Massachusetts. Uh, although I'm sure that some people will take offense to that, given the MGM Springfield exists, but fairly new room. Uh, the games play big. There are a lot of complaints about the rake. Uh, the the rake on all games is ten percent up to ten dollars, which is uh, is pretty pricey. But the games play really big. Uh, the smallest game they have is one three with a five hundred dollar cap, which honestly plays like a lot of two five games. So it's a really really good. I, I really like the room. I think it has a lot of great action, uh, and I yeah. I continue to go back. Yeah, I I was there once. And I really liked it. Um, you know, I'm not you know down here in Jacksonville. I'm not used to getting free drinks at at my casino, so I appreciated that. And it's also just like since it's so new, it's all like clean and doesn't feel seedy at all. Which I, I mean, there's something to be said for that. I would say. Once absolutely, absolutely. There was also a long time when they had kind of a week. Uh, they had a really huge wait list. It was impossible to get a seat because they only had about 15 tables open. But they've people have finally bullied them into removing some slots for additional tables. And they're always full, so it's a yeah. good decision, I think. Well, okay. I mean, it's probably not a good decision for the casino's bottom line to have fewer slot machines. But, you know, thank, thanks to them for uh, caring about us poker players. So, uh, the, the so I'll, I'll hop into it. So I'm, so I'm playing 1-3, and in reference you know, to Mike's intro, I think my two hands today will really demonstrate my prowess at, at losing chips. Um, a couple of, uh, of really interesting hands here. So, let's hop into the first one. Uh, I am sitting in the small blind in this hand. We're playing full ring, which is nine-handed, uh, which is great. Love nine-handed play. Much better than ten-handed. Uh, you know, bring it. Um, so, the main villain in this hand is going to be uh, under the gun. And uh, they're going to start, as so many one-three hands do, with a limp. Uh, <laughs> The low so jack. Oh, go ahead. I have a question about that, actually. So I've heard this from listening to Brad Owen's vlogs that people will often limp really strong hands under the gun as a trap. And I just have you ever experienced that? Because I don't think I ever have. I've like every time someone's limped under the gun, it's been because they have absolute trash. I'm just curious if you've ever experienced that, like that sort of play pattern. You know, I feel like I've, I, I guess I have a little bit, but only from weak players who don't really understand hand strength. People like limp call ace king once in a while, I'll see it, or mm -hmm. even something as strong as like jacks or tens. I've also heard quite a bit about people doing this sort of trappy behavior where they'll, you know, call with kings under the gun and then plan on re-raising. And I do understand that if you're playing in a, in an, in a suitably aggressive game, you know, that you really want to play you know, that's that, you know, and you know, you think if basically if you think that somebody is going to open the pot, that it's very, very likely. And if you note that that level of aggression, I think there is something to be said for sort of folding that that kind of play into your into your game. Hmm. Yeah, as long as you can balance it, of course. But I mean, this is we're talking about balance at one three. So uh, well, exactly. And it's kind of like, you know, it almost reminds me of uh, if you've been watching Mariano's vlogs, there are a lot of times when he'll you know, be talking about cold calling three bets from out of position with middling pocket pairs. But he'll note that he also does it sometimes with aces and kings to balance and be a little bit harder to punish. So mm -hmm. it's it's just kind of that where you have to be able to balance it and you actually have to make it happen. Because obviously, if I'm playing an average 1-3 game and I limp aces under the gun, guess what? We're going nine ways to a flop. <laughs> oh my god. All right, all right. So, yeah, all right. So under the gun limps. Under the gun limps. The low jack limps, the cutoff limps, and the button limps. So we've got four limpers to me in the small blind with king of clubs, queen of spades. I'm not going to let five other people see a flop for $3, so I elect to bump it up. Uh, I go to 25 here, which is a pretty big, I recognize this is a pretty big sizing. Since this game plays relatively uh, deep, we... Uh, I'd say 15 is probably the standard open size uh, at 1-3, which I recognize is pretty large. Um, and so that means that, you know, when I'm looking at four limpers, I'm going to go bigger. 
25 is, you know, all just about 15 plus 3 for each limper, even a, a little low. I could even see going to 30, given that I'm in the small blind. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. I might even go to 30, so I think you're, you're I, I have no problem with the sizing. How deep are you? Uh, so, sorry, I realized I forgot that. I am the effective stack at this point with 275, so just shy of 100 big blinds. Got it, got it, yeah. Well, trust me, uh, audience, we will be forgetting things the, the, the whole podcast. We're professionals here at Bankroll Burners, so. And thankfully, this is an audio-only format, so there's no sort of visual aid for you. Obviously, that would be just that would be terrible. All right, so you bump it up to twenty five into the four limpers or yep, yeah, four yep. limpers. The big blind folds the villain and the under the gun. The first limper makes the call. The cutoff calls, and then the button looks at his chips and eventually decides to fold. Thankfully, okay. okay. So we're going three ways. Okay. There's about there's about eighty five in bucks in the pot. So about seventy five after rake. And the flop here is going to come ace queen jack rainbow. So Ace of Spades, Queen of Diamonds, Jack of Clubs. Hmm. Ace of Spades, Queen of Diamonds, Jack of Clubs. Correct. And you have King, King of Clubs, Club. Queen of Spades. Okay. 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 So cool. I don't have uh, I, I don't have a backdoor flush draw at all. I've got second pair and a gut shot. Um, this board, Ace Queen Jack, I feel like is is very good for me. I can have all the Ace Kings. I can have all the sets, which which none of them really should. They could mm -hmm. be showing up here with Queen 10. They could be showing up here with Queen Jack. But I think overall, you know, I should have a really strong rage advantage. So with that, in, with that in mind, I decide to bet quite small. I go with about 20, which is a little, which is less than one third. It's closer to one quarter pot. I'm really trying to just go small and, and, and maximize that range advantage. Very, okay. I, I like it. I would say, like, there is some consideration here to check this board, even though you have such a strong range advantage, I do kind of like like the idea of taking some of your uh, sort of middling strength hands that are going to be able to comfortably call a bet and checking them, um, you know, like a weak ace or something like a king queen in you know, a second pair, good kicker. Um, you know, I think you can check this hand. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with betting it, but I, I think checking is probably fine being out of position to two people multi-way. Right. I think that's fair. I, I, and, you know, if I get called, I think there's, I think there's, uh, you know, a lot to, I, I, I think I, it's easy to slow down if we don't improve. Um, I actually think it's, it's, it's one of these weird boards where, you know, it's tough to find raises that the villains really want to do, given the, given the texture of the board. I'm almost more scared of a call, because a call really represents an ace, and I don't think most villains at 1-3 are going to bump up, like, ace-5 offsuit sure. on the flop. Right, you know, which is a hand they absolutely can have. Um. <laughs> so, so anyway, I, I decide to go 20. I decide to go small, kind of a block sizing. And the, under the gun, the limper immediately uh, raises to 75. Wow. That's a big yeah. raise. That is a big raise. So the, the cutoff folds quickly. Uh, I, I'm kind of, kind of, you know, I'm kind of put in a spot here. Um, you know, I feel, I guess, I, you know, interested to hear your input. Yeah, and that's an interesting one. I mean, so you're blocking the nuts, obviously. Um, right. You're blocking King-10, which is, I have seen so many players limp call King-10 in my time playing low stakes. Like, it's absolutely a hand he can have. Um, you know, they, like, all, like all combos, offsuit combos too. Like, people love to limp call that hand. That's, that, I don't know if you've had that experience, but that's definitely what I've seen. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So I, I am blocking the nuts. I'm also, I think the queen is also a really nice card to have. It blocks like a ton of, you know, two pairs. Like queen jack is probably the most likely two pair mm. to be limp called, which I think having the queen and the king is just a really good, you know, value blocking combo. Absolutely. I mean, they're like, that's the thing. The only logical two pair for him to have is queen jack and you are blocking it. You are also blocking the nuts. So you have a good candidate for a call here. That being said, I don't know what this guy's bluffs are in this spot. It's sort you said it's a rainbow board. It's super favorable to you. So and like you are blocking him from having a gutter with a king, you know. So you're you're are also blocking some draws. Um and so it's sort of weird. I mean, sometimes people will like go crazy with like a pair and a flush draw or whatever. But I mean that's not even possible on this board. So I don't really know what he's bluffing with, is the only thing. Like what what, what do you think? 
Yeah, I, I think right as I was sitting down, so this was an older guy, but right, right as I was sitting down, I saw a really weird hand where he was basically going hog wild and got called and just like had like a hand that made absolutely no sense, you know, like a complete airball bluff with like random undercards. So I thought that like given the size and given the board, I thought that that was like a, a possibility. Although <laughs> I, I do agree that, you know, logically there aren't really that many bluffs. I mean, maybe he's doing it with like pocket tens or like ten nine like those could be those could be the bluff candidates here sure although i, I think pocket tens has enough showdown value that i wouldn't necessarily want to bluff with it in his spot but you know can't think too hard about it yeah okay i mean i, I don't think you can fold just yet I, I feel like that would be a little extreme so i'm assuming you called i did call yes um so there's about 235 in the pot i've got about 175 behind um the turn is going to come the jack of diamonds Hmm. Interesting. So, so the Jack of Diamonds pairs the bottom card here. Um, it also introduces a flush draw um, uh, in diamonds. And mm-hmm. I elect to check here. You know, I'm I'm not the last aggressor, so I think, and I want to, you know, he let let him bluff if I if I have to. I'm not gonna, you know. So I I, I elect to check, and he pretty quickly um, sticks the rest of the stack in for 175. Huh. You know, it's kind of funny about the Jack pairing. If if the dynamic were a little different, where, like, he was the preflop aggressor and you had check called the flop, I actually kind of like a lead on the Jack. You know, like the weak turn lead where the bottom card pairs and it's very favorable for you as the uh, as the non-aggressor. You know, obviously, that's not the situation here, obviously, but I'm just, you know, theoretically, you could maybe think about... That's one of those cards you could think about leading on in some circumstances. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's it's uh, you know the bottom or the middle card pairing are usually pretty good for a check callers range, but given the raise, that that's a little bit less 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 included here. The, yeah. the thing that I found really annoying about this card is it really like it low further lowers the number of value combos that this guy can have. Like mm. it's a jack, so there's fewer queen jack. It also sure. introduces new bluffs where if he's getting somewhere, you know, if he's if he has two random undercards or suited connectors with a backdoor flush draw, you know, and he could have, there are diamond draws out there to be made as well. So, well, it was a one. I, I guess I would say personally, like, um, I have almost never seen a low stakes pay, like player construct a double barrel that way, even though, like, yes, that is the correct way to do it, but it, I almost never see it so much so that until I see somebody, I see a specific player do it, I assume that someone is not doing that. Yeah, and I think that's totally fair. And I, At the time, I was really thinking about, you know, the, the Jack really blocking a ton, and like, taking a lot of Queen Jack out of the, out of his range. Mm-hmm. Between my Queen and then the Queen Jack Jack on the board, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty unlikely that he's got, like, a boat here, for example. Sure, unless he has ace jack, ace jack off, which could be. Although I do think he he had raised in the past, and you know there are kind of two kinds of limp callers, like in in these sort of games, and he had been raising his like good hands pre okay. Sure, yeah, fair enough. So uh, yeah, but I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, do you have any other intel on this villain? I mean, is this guy like? I mean, he's limping under the gun. I can't imagine he's like great. No, I don't really have much other intel. And I mean, looking at it now, I just think, I I do think I have way better hands to, like, continue with. Like, there are hands that I could have that have diamonds that, you know, if I have, like, ace-king of diamonds, for example, you know, much better candidate. While it doesn't block queen-jack, you know, there's still, the the jack still kind of blocks queen-jack itself. Um, You know, it, it gives me additional outs with, like, diamonds if if he does have something like king 10 so you know i i just think i have a ton of better hands to continue with and and i can probably just just lay this down and and be fine with that i agree i, I think this is i mean I, at the lower stakes i really think this is just a fold i mean if you're playing against someone capable you know even then it's like it's hard to find bluffs in this spot i, I don't think i think that's just i think this is just a lay down yeah, I think I I think I agree with you after after reviewing. But anyway, that's not what this podcast is about. I, <laughs> Absolutely I, not. We we, I, we do not fold hands here at Bankroll Burners. <laughs> uh, I slide in the call. Villain proudly shows King Ten of Diamonds, and uh, we move on with our lives. Very good. Yeah, I assume the river was of no help. The river was actually at the Three of Diamonds. Very good. So you were super so, crushed. So he went yeah. from a straight and a straight flush draw to a flush. So. Yes, we will. Womp womp. Yeah, I mean, 
I agree. I, I think you have better hands there. And yeah, I mean, hey, good, good for, good for this guy. You know, he he flopped the nuts, and he yeah, he and, and it's and it's one of and it's one of these things where you know it's it's really shows kind of the benefit of exploitative play where. You know, I, I can talk to myself all day long about how I'm blocking the nuts and I'm blocking two pairs, but <laughs> realistically, most live, you know, one one three players aren't just triple barreling with, you know, garbage. They're like yeah. actually just have it when they bet. And I tell you all the time, just make hero folds, don't make hero calls. And now here I am. Exactly. I mean, one of the most I would say it's very important in poker to not listen to your own advice. So <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 okay with this. Yeah. I'm all glad right. you well, agree. So yeah, there's I mean, my there's my first punt of the of the of the day. Hey, and well, all right. That that uh, I guess we can move on to to my first hand here. Um, although I will say to to our listeners, uh, particularly on YouTube, um, you know, when you hear us play a hand and you think that you know we're not considering something or we could have done it better, which that's always going to be the case for the most part. But you know, if you have some thoughts on the hand, uh, we'd love to hear them in the comments. Absolutely. That would that would be excellent. You know, get get a lively discussion going. You can even tell us to fold pre if you want. It's not gonna help, but you can say it. Absolutely. <laughs> Just fold pre, you know, that's a great comment. <laughs> always adds always adds a lot. So please please let us know uh, to tighten our tighten tighten up. Um I got a hand for that coming up next actually. So, excellent. Great segue, Josh. Okay, so this is a hand from an online game. Um, and it's the same kind of uh, situation set up as, as last week, where it's it's a very splashy sort of room. It's not it's it's more like an online home game, uh, you know, rather than a a uh, like some kind of card room where there's a bunch of grinders like ACR or, or, or you know, what uh, poker stars. stars. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, I know. I know the I know the poker rooms online. So it's okay. not one of those. It's it's kind of a, a much more casual, splashy environment. And this is twenty five cent, fifty cent. And in this hand, uh, we are playing one hundred and thirty dollars effective. So that is, you know, close to three hundred big blinds. It's like two hundred fifty, really. I guess more like so it's twenty. It's twenty five fifty. Yep, 25 cent, 50 cent. No ante. No ante. No cool. yep. So we're pretty darn deep in this hand. Uh, and that doesn't really end up being super relevant. Um, we cover villain and, or the main villain anyway. I actually think we cover the table or close to it in this particular hand. Um, but we're six handed, which is actually like six handed online play is just fantastic. I mean, the pacing is so fast. You get so many hands in. It's, it's great. Absolutely. Um, so we're we're six handed and we're in the big blind and the hand it starts off immediately off the rails immediately under the gun which is you know in a six hand game it's the low jack under the gun raises to a dollar and five cents which is just basically like a min raise it's basically a min click uh it is like not a tournament raise exactly as a tournament raise you, you know uh yeah you need to raise the 2.1 to big blinds no um yeah, I don't know what that's about. Typically in this game, people always raise to 3x. Uh, there are some folks who like to even raise a little bigger. Not that no one ever min raises, but it's pretty unusual. Uh, but that's what happened here. This guy raises to $1.05. And the table doesn't really seem to think much of it because the hijack calls, the cutoff calls, and the button calls. Um, okay. Yep, so not quite a family plot, though, because the small blind folds. And okay. Uh, we are 55 cents to complete from the big blind, uh, you know, so we can we can have a pretty wide range here. I don't it know sounds that... like you're going to tell me some garbage. Well, my hand, Josh, is three of diamonds, five of diamonds. OK. <laughs> yeah. Not an incredible hand. I don't think it's, you know, the worst thing in the world, though. Like, you know, you got to have some you got to have a little splash in you if you want to continue to be a you know someone people enjoy playing against so i think it's okay to in a spot where you got to complete for basically a big blind to win you know you're getting a million to one to toss in a call here well i'll, um, I'll say two i'll say two things about this and the first is in favor is that yes absolutely in these sort of home style games it's important to, to keep your vpip reasonably decent especially six-handed and you know calling in the big blind for 50 cents more it tends to be a pretty good way to do that because you're just not paying that much more. You're still getting good odds. 
The other note, and a bit more, you know, a bit more critical, is just to really consider when you're this deep all the reverse implied odds that are going to come with actually making your hands. You know, you kind of have to be willing and able to fold to, you know, really serious aggression in certain scenarios, even if you do make, like, a really bad flush, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if the flush comes in and the villains seem unconcerned and there's some kind of crazy action, you know, you, you just kind of have to be, c- consider that when you're this deep. That's a very good point. Yeah, I mean, we talked about reverse implied odds a bit last week. And, you know, for viewers or listeners who aren't familiar, reverse implied odds is the idea that, like, if you have a draw or you have a hand that isn't made and then you make your hand, you might, can you actually lose way more money by doing that? You know, if you make a small flush and someone makes a bigger flush and when you're really deep, you know, 250 big blinds deep, that's a big concern. You know, am I going to get stacked here because I make a five high flush and someone makes an ace high flush like a normal person? So, you know, it's it's right. definitely uh, a, a a pretty big concern with this hand and possibly uh, possibly a good reason for you to write fold pre in the comments. So uh, feel free. Um, but that's not what happens here. We call. And, you know, I'll say about this hand. Um, this is an example of a hand where I personally am really bad. This is another reason I should have folded. I'm really bad at playing like weird, unusual scenarios that don't come up a lot. Like super multi-way pots where it was barely a raise and then there's weird action, which there is about to be. You know, I have a I'm I have a terrible track record in pots like these. Um, okay. and, well with that in mind, there's five fifty in the pot. So let's uh, let's go let's go to the flop. The flop is five of spades, three of spades, deuce of hearts. So wow. yeah, we make top two, baby. Um and I think like if this were heads up i might lead here um but this is not heads up so i check and um and it checks all the way around through the preflop aggressor through to the button who then bets pot he bets 550 into 550 and this is where i make i think a pretty uh, this is a big mistake in, in i think in terms of missed value here i just call Okay. What, are you, what, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I think I actually think just calling is okay into this sort of sizing. You know, if, when people polarize, I think you know there's less there's really less value to be had raising. I feel like because they're really theoretically they're supposed to be representing either the nuts, which in this case is is probably a set. You know, given that it's a limited pot, he could have a set of deuces, he could have a set of threes, he could have a set of fives. Um, he could have ace and and or it's a straight and I mean you called with five three suited he's in the button he could probably call with six four suit with six four suited I've seen I've seen crazier definitely um, yeah. ace four uh, he could have so given that that's sort of the range he's supposed to be representing and his bluffs you know may not be able to call a raise anyway although really they should be because that's not there's not a ton of value hands and so his bluffs are probably going to be mostly flush draws maybe some weird 4x with a spade or something mm. um you know I, I i don't i definitely don't hate just calling i just think that when when they're polarizing like this they're really representing such a thick value range i think that that's fair like in theory but i you know if we go back to the if we go back to the exploitative play um I, in my experience in these sort of rooms with splashy play when it's sort of like a really small pot because like a bunch of people it's a limped pot or in this rare scenario like a quasi limped pot um people tend to use very large sizing and i don't even think that's bad i I think that's probably correct so yeah that could be kind of what's going on here you know and and in that case i think raising is absolutely in order um if that's what that's if you know if he's got like ace five and he's like i got a yeah, top pair in a gut shot. Like, let's go, baby. You know, absolutely. So. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, I think given that dynamic, then definitely there's, you know, there's value to be had by raising. I mean, really, given that the under the gun hijack and cutoff all checked this board, it seems relatively unlikely that they've got anything stronger than you, unless they are going for a check raise. So, so I'm pretty. I, I, I see your point, and I, I'm, but I'm not. I'm not upset about the call just given the sort of usual dynamics of that bet sizing. Yeah, I think, okay, well, that's fair. I mean, the reason I'm so upset about the call, so first of all, everyone else folds, so it's just heads up. And on the turn, we run into, or the, the turn run is, it runs out the eight of hearts. So 
which is um you know puts a, a backdoor a second flush draw out there you know it's an overcard and um you know what i mean what do you do on this card i guess before well i mean i you know i'm inclined to say check just because i usually check but you know given our i i probably just want to check actually given the polarization that that i just mm. talked about i don't think he should have that many like backdoor flush draws with that that take a pot sized sizing on sure. the flop um so i'm i'm happy to check and, and see and evaluate you know if he checks back we can pretty much discount like sets and straights you know and yeah. then he's probably working with something like a worse two pair or a spade draw probably um so so I'm, I'm happy to check and evaluate and if he bets big again i think we start being a little worried but but we're not not really in the mood to go anywhere yeah i mean so th- that's all fair and and i do check i think this probably you're just supposed to check this board and and he checks back and that's and i I immediately know i have the best hand at this point right right. and that's why i was like kind of kicking myself i'm like ah you know why didn't i why didn't i raise you know i think i could have got some some more value from a raise you know especially now if he has a draw you know and his draw misses i'm like that's it no more value for me right so um but i I think that i think that's all fair um you know and it's just one of those things where if you raise, you know, to a, a fairly large sizing, given his sizing, he might just like fold a draw, thinking that he's like not in good shape. That's fair, so. that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. That's true. Um, I am unblocking all the draws with my top two, which is kind of you know nice in that spot and on the flop to, to favor a flop. Ab- race, but. Absolutely. Um, I'm also unblocking the nuts. So. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he. The river, um, the river is the jack of clubs, so everything breaks. Yep. And I guess the question is, uh, what do we do here? What is the correct line? Because this is like this is where I was saying, like, I really don't know what. Like, I'll tell you what I did later. I, I I'm not sure if it was good or bad. Like, I just it. This is one of those spots where like the hand was weird, the, the setup was weird, and I just didn't know what to do. Um, yeah, so what, well, do you, what do you what do you think about this spot? Well, I think given everything we both just said on the turn, I, I think this is a, I think this is kind of a sad check spot where, you know, given that he just checked back, it we pretty much have the best hand. Uh, and given his, like, I, I guess, you know, it's a good point exploitatively that he doesn't have to have something super polarized. And if he has something like, as you pointed out, ace five, we might be able to get a bet out of him, you know, if we bet relatively small. Um so actually, as I say that, I almost like betting kind of small, like a third, somewhere around a third pot, you know, where if he has one of these middling value hands that he elect that he decided to bet big just because, you know, it was a small pot, then we can get a call. And if he has a missed draw, he might look at our sizing and consider, you know, turning his hand into a bluff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so actually, as I, I was going to say check instinctively, but I think given, you know, your point about expo- him exploitatively having you know, medium value hands. I think if that's ever the case, you know, and he's not going to bet again, if he had something like a five or pocket sixes or something like that, that, that that's the, that's the best way to get, get out the value. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Um, and the other, I mean, your, your thought about checking, I, I'm assuming you're saying like check and hope he bluffs. So we bluff catch like that's, that's kind of right. what you're yes, getting. Like exactly. he has a busted draw, um, which I think is, is, you know, totally reasonable. Um, and I think betting small makes a lot of sense to get value from some of those hands. It's interesting. You said pocket sixes. I didn't even thought about it, but he could very well have some, have six, six, seven, seven, uh, you know, even right. you know, much nine, nine that he's like making some kind like on the flop, you know, he's just like, I have an overpair. Like my hand is awesome. You, yeah, you know, I, so. I think that, I think that nine, nine, he definitely raises why I kind of restricted to sixes and sevens because it is a limp spot. So I think people to generally, draw the line at pocket eights pocket eights and better they start actually bumping it up before the floor. sure sure so at the time i'm think i'll tell you what i did i thought i was like oh i have the best hand you know but he showed some strength on the flop so i should you know i could probably get called by something so i should bet big which is just like you know what am i trying to get called by by betting big i don't really know um like honestly like i don't know what his strong hands are that lose to mine that call uh other than like, he have like five deuce or something crazy like that. I don't know. I mean, who would call with five deuce or five three? That's nuts. Um, Another spot where we can pull out our favorite buzzwords like like merging, where you know mm-hmm. you 
you know, if, if for, I mean, there's two draws that missed. There's a million straight draws that missed. Yes, you unblock them, but, you know, if he doesn't, if he has one of those draws, or, like, if he has ace-five and he's unblocking the draw, then he might be, like, you know, he might be more inclined to call you because he's unblocking the draws and they all missed. And, you know, if you bet big, it looks more like you missed a draw than if you bet small. So I, yeah. I think that still, that still has merit. You know, if, if he's got some, one of those middling value hands, he still might call you if you bet big. Although I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that he will, but it is, it is possible that, that he interprets it that way. Yeah, well, he calls me very quickly and then I win and he mucks. So I don't know. I don't wow. know what happened, what he had, you know, that he was very confidently calling me off. But, you know, I, I bet 1250 and, and he called very quickly. So, you know, I bet about three quarters pot. Um, so, yes, it so, so, so it's kind of one of those things where I think, you know, making a small bet is really good if he winds up having a draw that he's going to turn into a bluff some of the time, just because he really shouldn't have any value that he's raising with after checking back the turn. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you if you think he's more weighted towards those mid, towards those middling value hands than betting big just to get called by like pocket sixes, that's like, well, how you know, no way this guy hit an eight or a jack mm-hmm. is you know makes a lot of sense. Right, and am I even taking that sizing if I hit an eight or a jack? Like probably not. So right. yeah, yeah, okay. I don't know. It's sort of a weird one. Like I just it, it I, I'm not sure. Like I think there's probably merit to bet small, bet big, and check on the river i think they probably all have some kind of merit i i kind of think your small bet uh is probably the highest ev i think that like that is going to make money the most because you know you are going to get called by these middling hands and you might get him to to bluff so right whereas if you check he's probably bluffing a lot but you're not getting any value from the middling hand so it's yeah yeah okay well and that well nice and good to good to win some money anyway yeah exactly i mean it worked out for me so i, I can't complain all right so, um, yeah, so you've got a second hand for us. I do. So, right. so this is the same game. Uh, this is, I, I built my stack up a bit after the previous hand. So, uh, or I guess I got stacked that hand. So I, I rebought and I'm sitting actually around four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You built it up with the help of my wallet. Chip in uh, a chair, baby. <laughs> And I'm sitting, uh, uh, the, the effective stack is actually going to be the villain in the sand who's going to be on the button. He's got about 200. Um, I'm in the big blind for this hand. And a, a little bit of info on the villain. This guy basically bought in for 100 twice. And he's been he's been jamming a lot, even when it doesn't really make sense. I think he was actually the guy who jammed for 3x pot. Uh Earlier, mm-hmm. he had about 120. I had the straddle on, and he just jammed over two limps with nine, ten of spades. Uh, so, like, he's been kind of throwing his stack around, just like it. Lo- like, yeah. if his stack fits in his hand, he like throws it onto the table. That's awesome. So, this is a great player. And you said he's. So what was the effective stack again? Two hundred. Two hundred. So, I, I wouldn't call oh. him a maniac. Like, it's not like he's just kind of jamming whatever. It looks like he is trying to jam like hands that have some value. You know, he's he's thinking a little bit. Yeah, he's thinking the perfect amount. I mean, this is great. You know, th- <laughs> right. This guy should start a podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he should invite him on. Um, so it's going to fold around to him on the button in this hand. And he is going to raise to 20, which is a big sizing for a for an open raise. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely thinking about that. And I haven't seen him do these raises that much. He's mostly just like jammed or like called. Although mm-hmm. he hasn't been sitting here for that for that long, you know, maybe an hour, or so that's like not that many hands. Okay. <clears throat> he raises to twenty on the button. The small I mean, blind. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna. What do you think about like really like noticing people's raise sizes in a in in low stakes games? Like, how much do you feel like it is when they, someone raises unusually large? It is reflective of them actually having some kind of like nuttish hand like aces or kings like in your experience how is it like less than a quarter of the time is it like almost all the time like where roughly does that fall yeah i I think it's less and i think it's one of these weird like leveling things where people think that when you bet big you're not doing it with strong value hands Hmm. but then like people don't but then it kind of induces people to do it with strong value hands so it's kind of one of these cyclical things where I think it really can be can be either with most opponents, although I definitely have seen some players, you know, raise a lot bigger with their strong value. So I'd say it's player dependent, uh, mm-hmm. but but overall, you know, not necessarily indicative. Yeah, I think that 
That's fair. And I would say, you know, it could be a Florida poker thing. But in my experience, when people open raise big, they usually do have some kind of nutty hand. And and I, I like I try, I think I discount it too much. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, it might not be that. And I kind of like talk myself out of it. But so often, I think it's more than three quarters of the time when a when a low stakes player is raising something rather large, like, you know, to like 10x or or something like that. Um, you know, in a one, two game raising to $20 and they haven't done that before. I, like, obviously if someone's raising to $20 every time they raise, you know, that doesn't mean anything, but I just, it tends to be like aces or kings. That's just been my experience. And it's, you know, it's you know, playing exploitatively that thing we were talking about earlier, you know, you can just fold, you know, but yeah. Well, I so, and, and I, also I would say, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, and I would say I've definitely noticed that less than you, I think given just, just in general, but but it's definitely good to keep track of. And, you know, if you see players doing that, to actually see what they show if they get to showdown or if they happen to show their hand because, oh, when you get aces and win, you have to show it. You know, whatever. People do all sorts. Of, people do the, the craziest stuff. Yeah. And then there's the guys who every time they get aces, they go all in pre because they don't want to get a bad beat. Well, and they usually get their wish. They do. They, they do win those blinds. <laughs> so, so in this case, the villain is going to raise up to 20 uh, in, on the button. I have ace of spades, five of clubs, which, you know, I hate playing off suit aces. Uh, but in this case, I mean, I'm in the big blind and it was a button open, which means, you know, theoretically his his range can be pretty darn wide. Uh, and I and I do feel that he's probably raising like a lot of hands to steal the blinds. Um, so I, I decide to defend here um, with, a, you know, with an ace. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Like, I, I mean... You know, it, it, you can't make that many nut hands with Ace Five, but you know you can make some strong hands, and it, I, I don't have a problem with the call. Yeah, cool. So the flop is going to come out with forty in the pot, uh, King of Hearts, Ten of Hearts, Five of Spades. Oh boy! So okay. I make bottom pair. Um, obviously, it is a board that favors my opponent. Uh, he he can have you know set of kings, set of tens. Um, I am blocking some strong hands. I mean, I'm blocking ace king, um, blocking aces. That's, that's about it. Um, Sorry, is there a flush draw on this flop or no? Yes, there is. There's the king ten of hearts. King ten of hearts, and you do not have a heart. Correct. I've got black ace of spades, five of clubs. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. So I check as I think I'm going to do with all of my hands here, except maybe pocket fives. You know. No, Very I, I, mean, I think you just, yeah, I mean, yeah. I just check everything. Yeah. Just, I would just check everything. Yeah. Um, and he bets 21. Ah, he's up so he, he goes right around half pot. Yeah. Um, and I uh, elect a call here, which sure. I think I maybe shouldn't, given the stack depth. I mean, you know, I, I call and he's got about 2x pot left. So after my call, the pot is 80, 80-ish. He's got about 160 behind. No, I, I like a call here. I, I think that continuing, like, except in the most extreme cases, I really like to continue on the flop with any pair that's not an under pair. Um, yeah, I mean, when we're like, heads up, it's like, and, right. and I, I actually, I like, I want to, there, there was another hand that I thought about bringing on here and didn't because I made an embarrassing call pre-flop with 5-4 offsuit in the straddle. Um, and then, you know, I, I basically, everyone else folded to the aggressor's flop bet. So I called, and then I had because I made like bottom pair, and then like it got better as as we went on. And I, you know, I was thinking, thank you everyone else for letting this remain heads up. Yeah. Well. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you you have to call, and I think this. Although you know, there are some hands that you need when you're constructing your range of like what are you, you know thinking ahead in future streets. It's like there are some hands that I will check call the flop with and check fold to a turn bet. And this seems like a great candidate, uh, depending on the turn, of course. So I, I tend I tend to agree. I think if, it, you know, the pot's 80, if the turn if the turn comes a brick and he bets like, you know, 40 or 30 or something, then I'm, I'm going to happily, you know, send my cards into the muck. Sure. Okay. But I'm guessing that's not what happens here. So the, the turn is going to roll off the three of clubs, which is a brick. Mm-hmm. Total okay. brick. Yep, absolutely. I check. And the villain now, uh, without thinking too much, uh, grabs the rest of his stack and throws it in the middle. Okay. So this is, I would like, like, this is a, this is oh a really interesting God. situation for me because I was like, like, I really got put into the blender. And I think this is another time where I was just kind of, 
you know, overthinking a bit when it's really like what, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the end eventually. But in, in this case, basically my thought process was like, you know, I, he, he should be polarized here. Yeah. He should be doing this with like really strong hands, like basically aces, kings, tens, ace, king, mm-hmm. maybe ace, king. And some people probably won't even do it. Although they, they, they might, uh, and flush draws, which I am totally unblocking. Um, he, you know, he shouldn't really have some random, you know, ace, something like ace 10, queens, jacks, nines. You know, I guess he could have king 10 as well. You know, I, he's probably, sure. he's probably raising with king 10 suited and, and limping, you know, king 10 offsuit if I had to guess at this player's, you know, frequencies. Um, okay. I, I, I know, I hear you, but I, I, I'm, I'm hearing that you're considering a call here and I'm a little... I'm a little perturbed, but okay. So sure, he's he's polarizing, and you're thinking what? I mean, I'm basically thinking like, wow, like what is he do-? like? I'm trying to think about hands that he's doing this with, basically. Sure, you're you're thinking he's got some nuttish type hand that he's really excited about, or he's just like completely spazzing, basically. Well, or he's got a flush draw, is what I'm thinking. Like he, I don't have the ace of hearts. He could have ace x of hearts. Uh, he could have, and like he could have like queen jack of hearts. He could have like all sorts of like basically flush draws. Is like the big draw here that I think he he pro- given that he like shoved pre flop with like ten nine suited. He does seem like the sort of person to show up here with like a suited connector. Okay, but now let me let's think about this from like a like a constructing your calling range perspective of like you know minimum defense frequency and all this. So yeah. let's say. I, so let's say you you, have, you probably have king queen off suit here, right? You're probably not three betting king queen off suit pre flop. I'm I'm guessing in this sure. spot. So you have yep. king. So that's probably is that the best hand you have that's a call here? Like I mean, as played, I think you're probably raising most of your two pairs on the flop. So I'm yep, guessing. I, I think that's fair. You so king queen off is probably the best hand you've called with your. Would you call with king queen off? I think king queen no heart. I, I mean, I, I think I would call here. I think that's actually, I think it's a pretty easy call here. I mean, blocking the blocking the king is probably better than blocking the ace. I think, like, king, yeah, I think, and, and I think, like, you're actually beating some of his value if, if he is just, like, spazzing with, like, a random top pair. Sure. So, yeah, I think I agree. Like, honestly, like, you have to have some hands to call with here, and players like this, you know, from how you described this guy, uh, are wild and wacky. So, um, you know, I think you can call with king queen off. Um, I guess let's go to the other extreme. Like, are there any no pair hands you would call here with where you're just like absolutely think this guy's full of it and you're calling with no pair? No, I, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I, I you know, I mean, what's the like? I might have ace jack here. I guess. I mean, I probably do have ace jack here, but I don't think I'm like calling with any ace jacks. Okay. Are are you calling with like king deuce? You know, you probably um, call king deuce suited on the on the in the big blinds. So you can have king deuce. Yeah, I, I mean, I actually think King Deuce is probably better than King Queen. Honestly, I mean, King Deuce unblocks like Queen Jack. Sure. Yeah, although it's you know you might lose to if he's spazzing with a random top pair, you might lose to yep. having a bad kicker. Good but point. Okay. So you are if you're, okay. So you're basically calling with all top pairs here. Um, so it's like you know, all right. Well, we'll call with all that. Like you probably have a crap ton of top pairs that you get here with. So yeah, that seems like a reasonable place to cut it off. Uh, yeah, me. <laughs> to I, I, think that's, range. I think that's totally fair. I think I was kind of thrown off here just because, like, he hadn't been called on any of his previous all-ins other than the one that I called because I had, like, woke up with pocket kings in the straddle, basically. Sure. You know, when he, like, jammed pre. So I was yeah. like... So he, I would just yeah, very... yeah, tell us about that. So he jammed pre on a previous hand with... Would you say 10-9 suited? 10-9 suited. So he had about... He bought in for 100. He got... He made a little bit, and then he just was, like... There were, like, a couple limps, and he just, like, shrugged, shoved from the small blind with... With 10, I was like, okay, I have kings. I'm going to call him, and he had 10-9 suited, which I was yeah, like... Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, so, I don't know. If he's this wacky and wild... Yeah, okay, I see why you're... I see why you're considering a call here. Okay, okay, sure. Yes, but... So, I... So, I, uh, so I, I wind up calling, which I, I do think, and especially now kind of knowing the player, and I, I think I could probably have figured this out as sort of the player type that, you know, he is just... He is the sort of person who... He has some decent hand, and he's just like, yeah, you know what? Screw it. I don't want to figure out how to play streets. I'm just going to get the money in. Okay. So, so... And here's an example. So, he jams. 
I tank and eventually was like, you know what? I'm just I'm I'm gonna call. I want to see what I like. I just have to see it, which is not good logic. And I agree with you that cutting it off at top pair seems like a much more logical approach. Sure. And he looks at me and he says something that I did not expect to hear, which was, "Oh, you got a king," and he shows pocket queens. Oh my god! Yes. Oh. And I was like, I was like, I was like, wow! Like I really did not expect. I'm so. I'm so angry that I didn't suggest that before you did the reveal because this is like my favorite low stakes live thing of all the things is when they have a pocket pair that is not an over pair and they don't know what to do so they jam. I like so often. This like, happens to me, and I just—it's like a great way to make. If you have top pair and you call, you know you're always good. But like, it's like, oh my god! So this is like, this is like my favorite, my favorite low stakes nonsense. Okay, so he has pocket queens. Wow. So I was like, oh, see, like knowing that, I'm like, wow, like I would never have called here if I knew that that was part, of, like if that was part of his range. Yeah, absolutely. Right, like not, not even annoyed that he has that, but like, oh, he's just doing this with like second pair. So. Yeah. Which, again, I think given the player type, I probably could have sussed out beforehand. Like, I'm not trying to defend my play. I don't think mm-hmm. that, like, I don't think that it was a good call regardless. You know, it's just like, wow, if I had known that, then I really wouldn't have. But I really should have known that, so I really shouldn't have. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, it's totally, it's, I mean, that, that makes complete sense. And, and I mean, I see, I understand what you did. Like, yeah, I, I think it's, it's a spew, you know, for being, for being honest. Yeah. Um, but, uh yeah, I mean, this this sort of thing where they, you know, someone has like pocket fives and the board is like, you know, th- three jack ten, and they're like, ah, I don't know what to do, and they just rip it in. You know, I see that so <laughs> often, especially down here in Florida. Um, so yeah, I mean, wow, pocket queens. I mean, what just what a play? You know, you think about like he was so sad when you called him, right? You know, because he's like, oh, I guess I'm beat. But like, he thought his hand. He also, in his heart of hearts, was like feeling like his hand was good when he right. bet. Right. He was betting, thinking his hand was good, and hoping you wouldn't call. It's just like beautiful. I love. Yeah, it. it's just it's just one of these things where you know I. You're absolutely right that like that is a big part of like low stakes live stuff, and it's just not something you know. And and with that in mind, it just is a, a very clear cut fold. And I think even if that's not the case, I think. You're absolutely right that, like, calling with, like, third pair is, like, you know, bad. Because there are so many better hands to call with, and you just can't, you can't just call with any pair. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's important to be, you know, a little, like, to construct a range, you know, even when you're trying to play exploitatively versus someone who's doing some nonsense, nonsense, you still have a range of hands uh, that you can come to a situation with, and, you know, you should take different actions with different parts of the range. So. And no, Josh, having the ace and unblocking ace, king, and aces isn't good enough. Yeah, no, not, <laughs> not good. <laughs> um, anyway, it actually, it also, the, the river then came, uh, um, the, the, the queen, so it was, nice. you know, so he, he really was less worried. He was like, he like breathed a sigh of relief as that queen came, which I found yeah. extra, extra fun. Uh, I love it. Okay, well... I guess we can get to our last hand here. And this one, you know, this is just a fun one. It's one of those ones where, you know, as I was kind of making my notes to prepare for the podcast, I was like, what the hell was I thinking in this hand? Like, I genuinely do not know. Um, Well, I just gave you two of those situations. So, yeah, even after explaining how I was thinking, it's like, wow, was that really what I was thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is this this is certainly like pretty Pretty weird. Uh, this is a weird one, but I enjoy okay. it. I enjoy it. So is this it, is, happened. I was pretty. Excited. Is this in the same the same uh, the same sort of home game? Yes, this is also an online in that same like online type of game. It's also twenty five cent, fifty cent. Um, different villain in this hand. Um, was the it the same this, table? Just out of curiosity. Yes, this is the same. Okay, uh, cool. but it's way earlier in the night. Okay, so. Um, Yes. And I mean, you know, these games, like I play in them somewhat frequently. So I know some of the players and most of them I don't, but I do know some uh, or I've played with some before, you know, I have some history. Right. So, and in this hand in particular, the villain is a VIP. Um, okay, great. So I was very excited about this hand. And uh, we love that. 
So for those of you who don't know, VIP is, of course, a very important player. Uh, someone who I would say everyone is very happy that this player is at the table. Is, is that a fair uh, definition? Absolutely. It's like, yeah. a, it's you know, a, a whale is just someone who's happy to put money in. They don't really care if they're good or not. They're just there to, to, to play some cards and have some fun. Yeah. So, um, so this player uh, is under the gun in this hand, and we are 10-handed. Um, okay. That's worse than six-handed. It is just miserable. So, um, and it's not miserable. Like it's miserable because someone is always like AFK. You know, they're 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 not at yes. their, their seat, and they're like time. Their shot clock is going off. It's just a mess. So that's really annoying. Yeah. Um. And 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 this yeah. So this player uh, is under the gun here, and I am actually on the button in this hand, and and I'm the eff- I'm going to be the effective stack at fifty two dollars. So about a hundred big blinds here because we're twenty five cent fifty cent. Okay. And, and um and uh, this player opens to a dollar and fifty cents, which is the standard open size, and is called by the low jack. Um, and where is the where is the villain in this hand? What possession? Uh, under the gun. Under the gun. Okay. Um. So yeah, under the gun opens. Low jack calls. Uh, I don't really have a read on low jack. I don't think it's someone who I've played with much. Um, okay. Or possibly at all. So. Lojack calls, and I'm on the button here, and I have six of diamonds, six of spades. Okay. And so, I, I mean, I think there's like a number of different things that are reasonable here. Um, what uh, what are you like to do in this spot? Uh, like, you know, what oh, are I your love, reasons? I think I generally just love calling here. Uh, you know, you don't want to chase the whale out of the pot if you raise, which I think happens a lot when they're kind of opening a lot of garbage. Uh, we're on the button, which is like the best place to be doing some of this flat calling. Our hand plays pretty way, pretty well multi-way. It's a great set mining hand. We're getting a, a, a wonderful price. You know, I'm I, unless the small blind and the big blind behind you are like very opportunistic, aggressive players, I'm, I'm happy to just, just flick in the call and... and so, you know, see a flop. Yeah, well, so this is the thing. The small blind, who is to my immediate left, of course, is very squeeze happy. So okay. I didn't really want to call because okay. I was I'm not deep enough to call a three bet with this hand. So um right. I actually just three bet myself. I raise okay. it up to six dollars. Okay. And, and I don't hate that. I just think you know the the biggest possible downside is that you may you know, if for example, under the gun folds and then low jack calls again, you're going to feel kind of annoyed because you you don't get to play with the whale. And now you have to play against someone who maybe knows what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's fair. And, um, you know, so I, I, I think it's okay. I, I wouldn't three bet this hand a lot. It was just basically because of the player on my left, I decided to do it. And okay, um, that makes sense. Both villains call. So, you know, it works right. out. We get to play a large pot in position versus fun player. So, awesome. Um. Yeah. So the pot is nineteen dollars and fifty cents. And by the way, you know, no disrespect meant to this player. This player is a lot of fun to play with. I like this guy. You know, just yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I don't mean I don't mean whale or VIP as a derogatory term at all. It's like yeah. you know, if you're if if a, you know, sometimes you just want to play cards and have fun. Everyone's done it. Yeah. So, all right. So uh, the pot is now nineteen dollars and fifty cents. Uh, and the flop is pretty interesting. It's eight of diamonds, eight of hearts, seven of clubs. So we have an under pair, but this is a board that is not going to hit our opponents very much at all. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, and it checks to me. So what do you do here if it checks to you? You know, I'm, I'm, I tend to play, I mean, especially multi-way, I, I do tend to play a little bit more straightforward. Um, I, I probably just just check back here. I think there are a lot of cards we could also start, you know, barrel on the turn or start turning, our, you know, turn our hand into a bluff if we see like a five or a nine roll off that give us uh, an open ender. You know, mm. it, it's not great for our opponents, but it's, I mean, it's not great for us either. Sure. Um, you know, they probably do have like more eights and more sevens sure. uh, in general um, th- yeah. than us. So I, I I don't hate bet you know putting in a small C bet here because I do think that there's a high high chance they miss and there are a number of good barreling cards still but I, I think I probably play play it pretty straightforward and just check back. I think that's fair. Um yeah I mean on paired boards generally I like to do a lot of C betting. I mean I think we'll have the best hand here sometimes. I mean actually yeah. a lot. You know we'll have the best yeah. hand here a lot. 
And sure. so, you know, we, our hand could use some protection. Um, you know, we could, if, if we get check raised, you know, we can fold, you should fold. Um, and I think, you know, that's the only problem here with betting, you know, six, six, of course, is we actually have a decent amount of equity and it would suck to get blown off our equity, uh, by getting check raised, you know, cause we, versus, you know, getting the opportunity to realize our, our equity, uh, by taking a free card, you know, that's always the consideration. It's like, is your hand. Do you want to sort of protect your equity by not reopening the action? Um, but I, I, you know, I, I think it can go either way. I did end up c-betting here. I bet the same amount, six dollars, a little less than third pot. And okay. um, under the gun calls, which is great, and low jack folds, which is even better. Awesome. So we're heads up, which we love. And yep. uh, what? Well, yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> this is where I really, you know, so the pot's now thirty-one dollars. Uh, and 50 cents and this is where i really like don't know what i was thinking on this street so maybe you can tell me um <laughs> but uh the turn is the deuce of diamonds uh so that puts you know backdoor flush draw out there once again the board is eight of diamonds eight of hearts seven of clubs deuce of diamonds we have six of diamonds six of spades um and once again under the gun checks to me so what do you do here well, this is it's a pretty interesting card because you know it doesn't give us any additional equity. Uh, it does introduce a flush draw, which I believe we do have the six of diamonds, right? Correct. Yes, we do have. Um, However, that said, if if we had the best hand on the flop, we definitely have the best hand on the turn. And if he's showing up with some sort of non-believing over cards or a pair lower than ours, um, he he might call a second street. Although I I'm a little bit skeptical that he would wind up calling a second street with you know, pocket fives here. So, or like, or on the other side, I don't think, I don't know that he would really call with like King Jack offsuit either. So, you know, I, I'm probably in favor of, of slowing down and, and checking here. You know, I think we've put in our protection bet. Um, I don't think we're really getting value from, from worse on, on a future street. You know, it, he, he could have a draw. There's definitely, you know, a, a lot of diamond draws out there. He could have come in, you know, connected in a different way with some sort of straight draw uh, and and be willing to call another bet. But also, if he winds up turning those draws into bluffs, we're in a pretty uncomfortable situation. Yeah. So I'm probably, yeah. probably in favor of, uh, of, of just checking this one back and, you know, going for that sort of uh, equity protection and just, like, not, not wanting to get blown off our equity. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, we need to be mindful of stack sizes here, of course, too. You know, the pot's 3150. I've got... Um, about pot behind um there's sorry no excuse me i have a little more than pot behind about 40 dollars behind um, right, so if, he, if he if we bet and he calls we're gonna basically have a pot size shove and i don't necessarily know that this is the best candidate i say after calling with ace five on uh yeah on, on a board you know <laughs> exactly yeah from a from, a, from someone who's good at constructing calling ranges um yeah. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. So here's where I'm like, I really don't know what I was thinking in this hand. For some reason, I came to the conclusion on the turn in game that I was not good. Um, okay. And I needed to bluff. That's what I thought. And I, I actually think that's just like really dumb because I, I think 6-6 six, six actually has a ton of showdown value here. Like there's so many worse hands that called us on the flop. Um, yeah, so, I agree. As you just like listed off so many of them. And for some reason, I was like, you know what? I'm not good. I need to bluff, and I'm going to construct this as a triple barrel bluff, so I'm going to set up a, sh a shove on the river. And so, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, but uh, I bet, so, you know, I bet $10. And, and so. by the way, the other the other thing here that I would maybe push back on is, you know, what, what hands are we losing to that are going to fold? Like when it's eight, eight, seven, it's like absolutely. He he's got like an over pair. <laughs> like maybe he's got a seven. A seven is is maybe what we're targeting here, which I might say is a slim range. You know, trips for a hundred big blinds. I don't know if this player is going to be laying down trips. I don't know. He's definitely not going to be lay, laying down a full house. I don't know if he's going to be able to lay down an over pair. You know, there's there's not that many draws. Although <laughs> having the sixes is is nice in some scenarios. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't know, especially like for ten dollars. You know, I'm betting ten dollars into thirty. You know, I'm betting a third pot on the turn here. I mean, it's yeah. like even a seven really might 
is probably supposed to stick around. Maybe not every seven, you know, maybe like yeah. sevens with no heart is supposed to stick. A seven with no heart in the hand is supposed to stick around or something. But like, you know, it's, I think it's a really, really dubious turn, turn back okay. um, for, you know, as a bluff. So, but that's what I did. And under the gun thinks for quite a while, uh, but then calls, but then calls. And I would say, by the way, to your point about a seven sticking around, I think it's okay if a seven sticks around here, because if you're constructing the hand as a triple barrel specifically, then, you know, we are gonna, you know, we're gonna get a seven to fold most likely on the river. Right. I would so think the third barrel is gonna do that. We're gonna get 30 into 50 on a brick, you know, and probably sevens fold there. A seven. And the elder just shouldn't have that many sevens. I would, I mean, it's a three bat pot, like maybe it's, you know, six, seven, nine, seven suited. And that's, that's about it. So well, I don't know. Think about the history on the villain, you know, if this is, oh, that's true. Play that's a lot true. Of so he can definitely, okay. I'm not really okay. discounting any seven, to be honest with you. Um, Perfect. He, um, so, uh, yeah. So he calls and so, I, I'm thinking like, Hey, on a brick river, you know? Yeah. Um, and the river is like, is the river is a ten of clubs. Okay. So, you know that completes Jack nine. It uh, does. And six nine if he somehow has that. Um. So I don't know. Uh, I think. I mean, so do you? Do you go ahead and fire the third barrel here? I mean, is this card like brickish enough that you go ahead and fire the third barrel? If you're taking this is a really, I mean, this is a really interesting. This this is kind of an interesting card. It feels like, it feels like there's just not like I don't know what we're really representing. Like, I guess we're representing like eight seven <laughs> or like an overpair. I guess like if we're trying to get him off like a like nines or jacks or something like sure or I guess nine ten that I, I'm not even convinced that nine ten that runs in a top pair here is gonna fold. Why not? So, so you know, I it's it's one of these interesting situations where you know I'm I'm still not 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 real not sure what hands we're targeting with with our third barrel, um, but I mean it is one of those it is a card that's kind of a brick like if he's if he has if he has a draw, well no I mean if he has a diamond draw the diamond draw missed I guess is what I'd right, say. But then but, I don't but, have to bet. I don't have to right. bet. <laughs> Right, so, but my, and most of his other, my, most of his other draws either got there or made a pair. Like you're blocking all of his six draws, so he, yeah. it's unlikely he has like five six. Sure. So then he's really got like his draws on the flop were like jack ten, jack nine, nine ten, which all have either top pair or a straight. Yep. All all so, very good points, and I would like to think that in the moment, like I can't, I like you know, also ran all this calculus we discussed and came to the conclusion that this is not a correct card to triple barrel on, but that really isn't what happened. All that happened is I chickened out. I chickened okay. out and I checked back the, the river. Okay. Yep. So total, you know, the real moral of the story is that I'm, I'm, the, I'm the whale, but, um, <laughs> but Aren't remarkably, we all? remarkably villain size, you know, in an online sense. So it's yep. like, it's like, ah, oh, crap, you know, as, yep. as his hand is revealed to be five of diamonds, five of hearts. Whoa! <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is that is an. In I mean, now question: Do you think he would have called your jam? That's what I was like. I don't know. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I I think no, but maybe. Like, maybe it's very possible that I missed out on some sweet, sweet value with my uh, uh sorry, with my fifth pair. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. I was it's sort of like, pair. it's I like had, a great hand. What's that? It's third pair, third, technically, no, 10, eight. Oh, sure, fine. No, it's eight, yeah, eight doesn't count. Sure, you're right. Third pair, third <laughs> pair. I missed out on some sweet value with my third pair. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what was going on. That was I didn't I didn't even cross my mind that he might have pocket fives there. So I was pretty like, whoa. Um, yeah, and that's that's just one of those hands where it's like if he has pocket fives, like you probably get one street of value, but you did actually get a second. I got so, two streets of value. <laughs> so if you were going for value on the turn, congratulations. Yeah, that's definitely what was going on there. That Perfect. Was, yeah. Well, I think that's a great hand to end on. I think it's uh, kind of one of those weird situations where 
there actually is a relevant leveling war and it's not just about like you know folding because your opponent always has it it's like you know he could be doing this with anything so i have to call him with anything and in this case it actually wound up being like not that far from the truth yep that's true it was definitely a hand i will not forget for a long time so all right well we gotta we gotta wrap it up here josh i think um i want to ask everybody to please uh you know like this video if you enjoyed it uh and please comment about how bad we are at this game in the comments and you know say what you would have done if, if you've got some interesting lines you could have taken in these hands uh let us know if we should fold pre and yeah um, and I, i'd also jump in if you're if you're watching this video on youtube it's also available on spotify now if you uh if you wanted to listen to it in a, in a more audio friendly format uh, you know, podcasts are great driving material. Feel free to feel free to find us at Bankroll Burners on on Spotify as well. That's th thanks for bringing that up, Josh. Yes, absolutely. Podcasts are great for driving if you haven't tried it. Uh, super recommend it. Great way to pass the time on the road. So, all right, everybody. Um, have, have a good, good night. Have a good night.